Welcome in to episode two, volume two of Keg Jams. We are back. It was a little longer than uh, bi-weekly, but that's okay. Um, we were waiting for uh, the Shake Hand experience to be all over the city of Milwaukee before we came back. Uh, we are going to do another 11 songs, actually. We have 11 songs today, um, basically pairing songs with sports topics, whether it's local, national. Uh, if you missed the first one, you can go back and listen. I will be trying to develop the Spotify playlist, so we'll have that out. Um, I don't know if I can get my government last name off my Spotify. I probably can. Um, but I also don't want to brand it as like Captain McCag. I think that would be weird because, Shannon, I have 63 people that follow my running playlist, which I feel like is kind of a accomplishment. I've never promoted it once. It's impressive. Yeah. It's called, uh, it's called Beast Mode Running Edition, um, which I can link out. It is literally everything. It's not, there isn't a, like, there are probably raps, hip hop's the dominant genre, but like, it's everything. There's some old school stuff. There's some, there's like hard rock. There's like pop, there's EDM. Like, it's just all over the place. Um, do, but yeah. uh, do you have a, do you have a song that you typically start your workouts for? Do you just press shuffle and let the playlist start where it starts. Usually I just kind of roll with, like, I just kind of like scroll. And then I, in fact, once I land on something, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to listen to that. If I'm like really into a song, then yeah. Because like when I, like this summer, I think my song of the summer was like Trumpet, uh, the Narcos, or Narcos, not, Tim, not Timmy Trumpet. Um, yeah. You know, that was like my song that I was listening to a lot. It, Jack Harlow was the spring. And I don't really have one right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it kind of, I just kind of roll the ball out and see, see what comes of it. Um, and yeah, but if I'm feeling something that de definitely I will, uh, I'll make an effort, but yeah, maybe I'll post that <laughs> as well. Yeah. So, but before I get going, just, you know, follow us, tap in the keg on Twitter, tap in the keg sports on Instagram and TikTok. Make sure that you are leaving us a rating and review. Uh, maybe you got some feedback for the show. Uh, stuff you like to see. We'd be happy to address that. And also subscribe on Apple or Spotify, especially if you're new. You're from the Shake Ken crowd. Um, what do you call your like people who follow you? Like do you have like a groupies name? Uh no, the shakers, if anything. I don't know. Oh, yeah. there now. Gotta be careful with that owner though, and he's he'll sue yeah, your ass. I'll spell, like, it, I'll spell it. I spell it. I would spell it differently, but the shaker. Oh, so shakers with like S H A Y, yeah, and then K. Ew, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, I don't know. I think, we'll, maybe think that. I think that has some legs. I don't. I don't hate that all too much. But uh, how you doing, man? What's going on? I'm good, man. Good. Good. Just getting over a little. Uh, a little cold here, um, no COVID, but uh, yeah, just kind of the the changing of the uh, the seasons here. It's getting over that, but yeah, feeling good and getting ready for the holidays here. Yeah, yeah, and follow along, Shaken on socials, Shaken underscore or Shaken and then an underscore um, at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and he'll be playing all weekend. So why don't you tell people where he'll be at, as well as. Blackout Wednesday, which I don't know. Can they still call it Blackout Wednesday? Like, I feel like in today's... Yeah, yeah it's either Blackout or Black Wednesday, um, but they sure do. Um, yeah, I'm actually debuting um, the my... Not... Yes. So the first time I'm going to be there, um place is called The Brewery. It is the old um, Water Street Brewery. Um, however, now owned and managed by the Trinity Harp Group. Um, so really nice place, really clean. Going to be playing there pregame, uh, halftime, and then a little after the game tomorrow on Thursday. Um, 
And then Friday, I'll be at RWB. And then Saturday, I'll be back at the brewery for, uh, you know, Saturday night for kind of a different style gig. And then, uh, yeah, Black Blackout or Black Wednesday will be at uh, Brothers. So that's always hit or miss. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those holidays that you, you, you feel like you're going to get a lot of people. Um, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Um, but typically, it's it's a pretty good bar night. Um, you know, it's it, I'm going to get a lot of the kids because it's downtown and it's right. Brothers. Um, I'd love to, you know, not do that and, and enjoy like a, a hometown <laughs> bar with the boys. Um, I'm sure that's not far, far from, from now, um, you know, down the line once we got all got kids, but uh, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah gonna so so you're saying, now. you're saying that maybe next year, if we're, we're both still living where we are, that I do organize the Brookfield New Berlin bar crawl for Black Wednesday. Yeah, that'd be great. There's a, there, I mean, I mean, I said this on the pot. I said this on the pot. Oh, so go ahead. Greenfield has, like five or six yes. that just are just towny bars, yes. um, the ones that we haven't even gone into um, that you could easily do. And then you could shoot down Cleveland. There's Cleveland Pub, and there's there's a bunch in the area that you could hit just you know in this in this kind of two three mile radius around. Right, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, man. Like we we what's weird about us doing a Zoom is we live very close to each other. Um, we just do it for timing purposes more than anything else. Um, I think if this was our full-time job, we wouldn't do it. Of course, we'd be in like together and whatever, but yeah. we, it isn't unfortunately until somebody pays us absorbent amounts of money. But yeah, no, I talked about it on pod. I can't remember when I did it, um, but like, yeah, there are so many close and that to your point, I, I, I still think you'll get a crowd, but it is a good suburban night drinking night. If you're not like, you don't have any stake in the game. I think now that I'm removed from Wauwatosa, like it started to be weird when I went would go out in Wauwatosa, like club tap or like laughs and things like that. It's like, I don't want to see these people. Um, like ho- college, it was fine. But after you get to a certain point, it's like, I don't really want to see this person I'm Facebook friends with, but I plan to never really talk to them. There's, definitely that, there's definitely that window, like you said, when you're getting back from college and maybe a few years after that, you're okay seeing that, yeah. that group of, of people. But like once you hit like your late twenties, early thirties, you're like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to see those people. I'd rather plan a place to go with like my friends that I want to go that are yeah. like, I want to go out on a Wednesday, um, rather than wing it and see all the people that you're just you know, you yeah yeah. Well, and it also will be weird sometimes where you'll have those Wednesday nights and you'll get wasted and you'll just get torn up. And then everybody's like, oh, we should do this tomorrow. We should do this Friday. And it's like, <laughs> oh, like. I haven't talked I'm to you good. in like a I'm fucking good year. Once a year, man. <laughs> yeah, like we don't need to do this again. We're we're good. We're good yeah. here. Like maybe Thanksgiving, but that's it. But yeah, I mean, I've had during that time, like that 22 to 28 stretch, I had some Thanksgivings where I went out like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which was just, I mean, that was so dumb. Like looking back on that, that was that was not wise. Yeah, I've always done. Not always, but obviously for the past few years, I've usually done Wednesday, Friday, and even in even like when we all tried to do the club tap thing, I feel like I was always either just cashed out or just never was able to pull the trigger on a on Thanksgiving night and go out. Yeah, um, it's hard. It's it's really it's really a tough balance, right? I was fortunate because my parents would do Thanksgiving, and my then girlfriend, now wife, would go to Black Friday shopping, so she'd leave. 
So as long as like I was feeling good, like I didn't overeat, like I could hop over there at like nine o'clock and then just stay yeah. at my parents' house or I was living there. So it was like, okay, just to walk over. Right. But yeah, it, it Thanksgiving was a hard one. I just had some, oh, I remember one blackout Wednesday, I visited you solo. This was, <laughs> I, I, I did actually that a couple times. I did that. I remember I did that um, at, oh, now, it, now is room seven. What was it called before Plum? Um, yeah, I did yeah. that one time. And then I also did one, and maybe I had somebody with me, but I think I was solo. Oh, no, I think I had somebody with me, but regardless, Bad Genie. And they had yeah, like Bad 40s. Genie, I don't know for a they, while. No. They had 40s, um, which was great. Um, yeah. I don't know why more bars don't have 40s. Probably liability, but it's, you know, again. Yeah. I mean, you use you can use that thing as a weapon, and unfortunately, I'm sure people have. Well, that's why no Milwaukee bar adopted uh, the brat up in Eau Claire's policy of just selling Boone's Farm to people. Mm. Yeah, that's, sold, just, that's just a lawsuit, ready to happen. right? It was a it was glass bottles, but also they I think they sold it for anywhere from like seven to nine dollars, and you can buy a bottle of Boone's Farm for like four bucks. Right. So like they were making money on the Boone's Farm, and a lot mm. of people bought them. I mean, Thanks. you got to be a special kind of fucked up to want to like just drink a bottle of Boone's Farm. All Shannon, right. Shannon, I've I, I've done okay. Like sure I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. Oh yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not in, a, in college, I just that just thinking about that gets me gut rot. And yeah, I'm, it wasn't great. I've tried it maybe once or twice. Yeah, it was. It's all that also was like the last bar of the night too, where it's like you know you went to one bar, two bar, and then that's like your third bar, your finisher of the night. So yeah. at that point, you're already tuned up. And, yeah, and it's yeah. just to a certain level, but enough nostalgia gets it down to business. Um, I'll let you kick us off with the first song of the evening. Yeah. Um, so see about it. Quavo, um, the late uh, takeoff in mustard. I believe it's DJ mustard that it's produced yeah. it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really about the Packers. I know, you know, you have, and I have gone, you know, we, we have our, our various group chats and things like that. You know, let's, you know, let's see where they're at. Um, you know, I th thought that it was the most complete game um, that I had seen them play all year against the Cowboys. Um, offensively, Christian Watson, you know, kind of unlocked something that we hadn't been able to do. And that was really the downfield pass game. And, and there was there was still food left on the table. Um, I think you talked about one of the passes that he didn't realize was coming and it hit him in the hand. Um, I think in the third uh, on that far right end zone. Yep. Um, and one he could have had four, I mean, he could have had four touchdowns in that. And there was there was still so much you could see. He's right. still learning, but I, I think it unlocked um, you know, a, a different part of the offense that we we might be able to see moving forward. Um it, it's it's it'll be interesting to see when when Cobb gets back and when Dobbs gets back you know, how this unit all kind of comes together. Sammy right. even made some plays. Um, yeah, shockingly. You know, I mean, I was, out, I was out on Sammy. I mean. Yeah, but. I mean, he and deservingly so. He's, you know, the Lions game was absolutely atrocious. Um, I, I think the, the biggest thing that surprised me in the Cowboys game with, with Watson specifically, and, and this was such a maturing step, I thought, in Rogers' leadership was actually going back to him a second yeah. time. Granted, he dropped it, but he yeah. went back to him a second time, and, right. and he did not do that in the in the Minnesota game. Um, and again, he I feel like that's just something that we have all seen is you know one drop and you're done, and I don't trust you again. 
Um, he went back to him, and again, he dropped it, but he went back to him, and then finally he kind of broke through and had that first big catch, and then you're like, all right, we can we can work with this. Um, so I thought that was really encouraging. The defense, you know, looked good at times. I, I want to say they looked good at times, but I also don't just don't know if Dak is that guy anymore. I don't know if he's a good quarterback. I really, really like Dak. Um, but man, he, he just had some really bad plays. Um, and I think at times, even the defensive line, um, you, you didn't like feel their presence, but you could see it, it it was either Dak not getting rid of it or him getting pressure where he would just short arm it and it yeah. would end up at CD lamb's feet. Um, right. So no, I think there was a lot there, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one game. It's encouraging. Um, uh, I need to see more. Uh, I'm not back fully on the ship yet. I personally think they have to get back to, to 500 um, for me to really feel like, okay, this is something we can work with. We, we can make a big push here. Um yeah and connect and, and click at the right time. Sure. And I've said, first of all, to your comment about coming back, everybody's welcome back on the island. Like I haven't left where we're, we're getting food and drink, um, but everybody's welcome back. Um, they're, they're allowed, but I, I think you're right. I think you hit a lot of, a lot of solid points. I mean, starting with the offense. Yes. It, it looked as crisp as it has. They had their entire offensive line, playing the first time for a full game. There was no, there was no disruption there. Um, David Bakhtiari has actually been really solid. Um, mm-hmm. I know he's had a couple on and off questionables, things like that. I think, you know, Thursday is going to be a big step for him, right? Um, yeah. Trying to play only in four days. It doesn't kind of seem like he maybe mentally is like fully there to believe in himself. I, I've kind of heard a little bit of that too. Um, and that it's just it, there, it, it isn't all, it isn't all exactly clicking so far from a, like a head perspective that he still has this fear in the back of his head that he might get hurt, um, yeah. which sucks. Um, but and you, gotta trust, you gotta trust the guys next to you too. There's been so much right. fluctuation with that line, right? Um, you know, it has to move and work as a unit when you have so many pieces, you know, you're afraid or you, you consciously think, is this guy picking up the right block? Is he going to, you know, pick me up and things like that. So I think that has a lot to do with it too. And and we'll see if he'll play, but you know, it's an interesting part about the Elton Jenkins, potentially Jeffrey Simmons mashup is they played against each other in college. So like yeah. Elton Jenkins is going to know what Jeffrey Simmons wants to do, right? Yeah. He's going to know his moves. Like you, you don't kind of forget that maybe a little bit, but if you're watching tape, you're like, Oh yeah, that's what he would use to do at Mississippi state. Right. And so there is that. I think the Watson stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a default very early to Christian Watson. I, um, I, I was thinking that myself. I was like, just, just start it off again. Just, well, yeah, because, and... because you know how to beat the Titans. It's yep. get out early and make Brian Tannehill beat you. And so it's setting up for a deep bomb to Watson early and seeing if you can hit on it. Even, you know, even if you don't, and it's kind of just a warning shot, right? But Rodgers has all of a sudden now become much better at throwing the deep ball. Everything is starting to click. And, you know, we talked about it yesterday with Mitch, but it's like it, you do worry it's a little too late. And I defense – Without Devondre Campbell scares me against Derrick Henry. I think you're just going to have to do best you can. You're going to have to play up. I realize that's not something Joe Barry likes to do, but you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to, you know, that has to be your main focus. If we, if the Packers lose this game and Ryan Tannehill goes off, I can live with that, right? Like I can honestly accept it. It would suck. I'd be mad about it. 
But at the same time, I, I think I look at it and I say, all right, well, we didn't have Derrick Henry rumble for 180 on us. It was he had 80 yards, but Tannehill had 289 with three touchdowns. And that just it's, it's how the season's gone. Right. Yeah. That's like that'd be such a, a thing. But I, to your point about see about it in the song. It's it really is like tomorrow Friday morning when I get on the pod and when the national media talks about it, if they win, it's going to be like, the, are the Packers back? Right. If they lose, it's going to be like, okay, they just got up for that Cowboys game, but they're really not that good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would hate, I would hate to see the you know Tannehill go off because the, the Titans just don't have good receivers right now. No. Um, you know, Westbrook Akine had a big game, but like Robert Woods is really non existent. Traylon hasn't really played very well. And again, like you said, you know, we know how how they're going to play. So if we can get up early and make them uncomfortable, um, that's going to change the whole shift of the game. And I know that I know they have quite a few guys out. Yeah, the Monty Hooker's out, Ben Jones is out, um. Randy Bullock is out, Bud Dupree's out. So they have a lot of guys on defense that are out too. So yeah, and the, uh, we got to take advantage of it while we while we can. The other thing too is the you can't underestimate the cold, right? I know that they played in a colder temperatures on Sunday, but that first game in the real cold, like it affects team. Like I thought it affected Dallas. Like I thought Dallas wasn't exactly ready to play. Green Bay had some opportunities early. They just sort of stalled out. Yeah. And it, by that second quarter, third quarter, you get comfortable. You're like, all right, whatever. But that first initial couple drives, you're not ready. And that could be the difference in this game. Packers are up 10 nothing in the first quarter. I don't really see how they lose the game. I mean, they could, right? You never know, right? But I don't see it. So they, they found ways to win, you know, found ways to win and found plenty of ways to lose this season. Yeah. So I really don't rule anything out. No, yeah, you could spin a wheel at this point. Um, all right, let's move to song two, which is also yours. Um, we're shaking, doing it a little differently than we did last time. So why don't you hit us with song number two? Yeah, yeah, probably my favorite song right now. Um, Anti-Hero from Taylor Swift. Um, what a fucking banger of an album that is. I went back and listened to it. So good. Um, actually, we'll touch upon um, that a little bit later. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously it's a song about, you know, people that you thought were, you know, supposed to be hero-like and just were not. And it kind of apropos to the release of Amari Rogers, which came this week. And the Kylan Hill thing was kind of, was, was surprising as well. You know, that one, not as much as the anti-hero type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just tough break for a seventh round pick and, and having injuries. Um, you know, you got Jones and Dylan, you know, for the foreseeable future and they can draft or pick up, you know, that, that third guy pretty much anywhere. And, and, you know, I think you feel bad for him, but I hopefully he finds uh finds a stride and, and finds a pathway in, in the NFL somewhere else. And, and same with Amari. Um, I know you're going to do your, your third round pod, um, yeah, uh, sometime in, in the future, but, uh, yeah, he just, he just could not, and I don't know if it had everything to do with just the punt returns. And I, I don't, I guess I haven't done a ton of research on, on what he did at Clemson. If, if he did that frequently, if that was something he did periodically, nah, but, he was, um, he was an electric player at Clemson. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I oh, God. I was just going to say he he just didn't come in early looking as fast as I thought he did at Clemson. Again, that could just be the college yeah. game. Um, he looked bigger um, and he looked like slow and old. He, he kind of right. did. And um, 
you know, I think in our group chat, I mentioned he has eight career catches, has seven career fumbles. Not all of those are lost, but, and he's got five this year. Like that is outrageous. Mm-hmm. He has to league. He's got to be in the top in the league and, and yeah. fumbles and the guy doesn't touch the ball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, it's just, it's so, it's so bad. And especially the fact that you wasted a third, you, not only did you waste it, you traded up for this guy, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like this, there's a level of expectation here and he didn't live up to it. And you could make a case that maybe that whole Clemson offense was fraudulent, right? Like Trevor Lawrence has not been that impressive. I think ETN's had some moments. He might be the only one. You got T. Higgins like, the year before that he, too. Yeah. Yeah. And T. Higgins, I guess, is I guess T. Higgins is is probably the outlier, right? But he's not a number he's not a number one, right? I don't think you can look at what yeah, the bank on another team he's probably flirting with it, but um yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it couldn't easily be that offense. Um <laughs> excuse me, in the college game. But um yeah, I mean, like I think you mentioned it in one of your earlier pods, it's you know, you wasn't wasn't the place for him. Um hopefully he gets a fresh start because I think we all, you know, I think he showed flashes on offense and you know, there was there was some time he made, you know, a couple catches in in uh Yeah, no, I, I actually I made the case he that some, he was some splashes, but I made the case that he was better offensively than he was as a as a punt returner. Uh, I mean, he just didn't have that opportunity. No. To your question, to your uh, pondering on fumbles, he is the non-quarterback league leader in fumbles. So he had five fumbles. So the league leader is Justin Fields at twelve, um, um, with Matt Ryan at eleven. Um, but non-quarterbacks, he is the leader. Melvin Gordon second at four. And for the uh, amount of touches that is, yeah, right, on. that's wild, right? If you did did the math on it, I'm sure the the percentage is, is such an extreme compared to everybody else. Right. Uh, before, well, so I agree with everything you say. I do want to ask a Taylor Swift question. So my wife also likes that song, um, and but she hates the line about sexy baby. What do you What do you think of that song? Is that cringy? Like, do you get it in the song? Like, I I've heard it a couple <laughs> times. I don't. I don't think it's that bad. I think think she's just being a weirdo, but you know, cringy because it's Taylor Swift. Um, I think it's because we've all come up to know her for like the sing-alongs, and this album is so different, um, which I appreciate. Um, Like musically, it's it's so different. It's so different from her. Um, She really kind of touches on a lot of different genres in that album. Um, So it's cringy because I think it's just it's not what we're used to with Taylor. but yeah, again, it's it's kind of something that she's never done, and it, it, I appreciate that. So I, it's it's fine. Um, yeah, there a lot there's a lot of weird stuff in music these days, and that's All that's right. up there that much for me. No doubt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's move to song three. I have it. It is Rich Flex, Drake, Twenty One Savage. Uh, great album. I very much enjoy enjoyed that one. Um, that song. I didn't know which song would be like the song that I kind of came back to, but that was the one it's mostly because of the line 21. Can you do something for me? And they were bumping it at Lambeau too, which I think helped like they play songs in between defensive snaps. Now Shay, yeah. they started doing, I think a couple of years ago and it's, it just adds, I think when LaFleur took over, like as far as like this place is a, 
funeral home. Like we need some more <laughs> like energy. And so okay. that was good. I, they, they had, they had so many defensive snaps. They had to replay it. So they had it in the first quarter. It was, mm-hmm. it was definitely hyped in the first, and then they played it in the fourth quarter. I think I was chirping that 21 line uh, to Morgan. I'm on our walk in, out of the stadium. Like I was just fired, obviously so fired up. And, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a great song. I thought that I really, I've enjoyed, enjoyed that album. Also that song, has a beat change in it with uh, 24s by T.I., which is also uh, like an all-time throwback yeah. uh, high school football song that just would all, will always sort of be in the memory bank. Yeah, that's a fun um, – that other uh, – my, my favorite song on it, just from a club perspective, is Circle Loco. Oh, yeah, um, with the also, Yeah, and that also transitions. That's such a weird it, – it's 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 not – it's not new anymore. Um just to see how much music these days is sampled it, yeah. it's it's kind of depressing because you're like god somebody makes somebody original um or make something original and there's just so much sample city girls megan the stallion like everybody is sampling something freaky girl is the you know the Rick yeah or james thing. well didn't isn't that really a kanye west thing that started like kanye, I mean, yeah i mean kanye, kanye was really kind of the start like i remember when i was in college like at my first year of college graduation came out right when i started in college and i i think i really enjoyed the song champion and i think that's a james taylor that's a james taylor sample Mm-hmm. And I had a I had a buddy who then became a roommate um, who was like I like this song a lot better when it was sung by James Taylor and I didn't know that like I'm yeah. not at that musically versed and sure enough yeah or I think my Steely Dan doesn't matter but regardless like yeah it's it, you you are you're on to something like yeah. we can get some original beats one there's a, a ability to blend it blend the two right. Yeah. I think, you know, there are still albums you can get that are mostly original beats. Like, I would think Kendrick Lamar's, I don't remember yeah, I mean, there, there's, samples, but there's, yeah, it's few and far between. I think it's it's like tying in the nostalgia of 100%. bringing them back, you know, to prominence. You know, obviously when Kanye did it with Stronger, it was Daft Punk. He sampled Through the Wire was a sample. Um, and, and again, it's it's like, it's it's refreshing. It's you know, it's something that people can can tie back into, so it's fine. But it's just like, man, everything is sampled these days, and it's like a, I have people just run out of original things. Has everything been done? So, it might be. So I did I did this song as a the rich was the should I bet my team because it is it's usually a Friday show. Sure. Uh, putting it into this, you got the Packers minus three. Uh, the over under is forty one. Um, that's a very low under low, 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 but I like, I really like the Packers minus three. Um, I, I, like I think I feel, feel pretty good about it. Um, I think it's a, it's the fair spread, right? Neutral teams. Um, I, I understand the worry of Derrick Henry, but I just, I think the Titans are a little, they're getting a little hype this week. It's kind of like the, heard Ben Solak was like, Oh, they're San Francisco light. Uh, Kay Adams was like, no one's talking about Tennessee, which I, I love that shit. That's that's like my fuel. I love Kay going. Adams. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my like I I just think there's like people are forgetting the fact Titans have played the fourth easiest schedule in football so far this year. Yeah, according to DVOA. So I mean, I just don't. I don't want to say that, but I just don't see a path where. 
you know, this is a big, like a, a big spread game. I think it'll be close, but I, I, I feel like this is a 10 point Packer win. Um, like you said, I think we, ju- we got to jump on them early. Even if we don't, again, I'm not afraid of them. You know, I'm not afraid of Tannehill. I'm not afraid of anything they have right. on the outside. Um, you know, I think we have the guys, I mean, Inic Barr has been really, really impressive in his time. And, yeah. um, Jaren you know, Reed's, Jaren Reed's coming on. Like, Jaren I mean, yeah, there's Devontae Wyatt starting to see some time. Like I still want to see a lot more out of those guys, but like totally. they got a lot of big bodies that we can throw on that line and, and, you know, stuff up some of that, some of those running lanes for, for Henry. And, um, they and don't look at all for, for who I am. Are. I would not be surprised. If Isaiah McDuffie is a big talking point on Friday, if the Packers win, I kind of like him. I, I'm not saying he's a guy yet, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of like him. He can't cover for shit yet, um, but no. I'm not going to worry about that until probably Philadelphia, right? And maybe by then Campbell's back, so I don't have to worry about it. But um, yeah, I, I think I feel good. I have no feel on the over under. Like a lot of these Titans games have been under. 41 seems really low, but also I don't, I don't know if I see a path to the over. Like I just, I'd yeah. stay away. I'd stay far away from that. I have no, no feel. I, I think if you want to take the over just because of you feel like you want to have some fun, the Packer team total, you might get like, usually how they do it is let's see, I'd have to pull it up, but I think probably like 21 or 22, like maybe if you feel like the Packers offense is just going to explode, that could be an angle. Um, but I think the only other thing that I like from a betting perspective is whatever you're going to get for the first touchdown of the game from Christian Watson. If we go with our game theory, we think there is a deep ball. You're probably getting that around like 15 to one, 16 to one, maybe a little lower. Maybe it's more like 12 to one, but still worth the sprinkle just to see what happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's got all going to be because of the game flow. It, it, you know, yeah. I, I don't think anybody expects this to be a shootout. Clark's going to be running. The, the Packers want to run the ball. The Titans want to run the ball. You know, that's going to be a quick game. Not a lot of quick hitters. Um, yeah, it's such a low number, but I, I uh, would have been betting Packers unders or, you know, the over unders for most parts for a lot of their games to be the unders. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, my thought. We'll, we'll have to see. All right. Song number four, people are gonna be like, you guys waited till after the Bucks game. You haven't talked about the Bucks. Um, <laughs> I am going to go with the brace the Martian by Kid Cudi. Uh, now this was me. We, I did this pre-show. So I. I didn't know what would happen in this game. I just was like, all right, if they win, it's probably because Giannis had a fucking awesome game. He did almost have a triple level. It was about Brooke Lopez. You could call Brooke Lopez a Martian. Um, I think all of us in our 30 to 35 age demo had Kid Cudi moments. We might have seen Kid Cudi in concert. I think I might have seen him twice. Um, you know, he's definitely in the upper echelon of hip-hop artists and just artists overall and being from Cleveland, Bucks played Cleveland tonight, they looked um, really good. I mean, this was as impressive a Bucks win as they've had all year, um, holding Cleveland under 100 points after they had scored 40 in the first quarter. Like, yeah, you think I, about I that. Like, I was a little worried about that. I'm like, man, this – Yeah, it looked, it looked like it could be an avalanche, right? And – they, you know, you had Mamu got minutes. You had AJ Green out there who yeah. looked like he didn't belong. Like, I was a... <laughs> not crazy about those, but 
But I'm just saying, like, it was a full-ass team effort. Like, I was, threw, yeah. I threw dirt on Jordan Nora yesterday, and he comes her back at 21 points. Like, Jordan Nora obviously listens to the pod, but it was uh, – it was very impressive. Noted club goer in the Milwaukee area. Jordan yeah, he's the he's the John Henson of of this generation. Yeah, yeah. I I was wondering about that if if Bud was trying to showcase some of these guys, maybe yeah. or pieces. I mean, if it was, it was definitely a good showing for for Nora. The AJ Green minutes in the beginning, like, totally threw me for for looping. The guy hadn't played. Hadn't scored a basket in his NBA career yet. He only played in one other game. And he yeah. was in there for like four or five minutes. And, I mean, at times you had him guarding Donovan Mitchell. At times he yeah. was getting switched off the Garland, getting cooked. I'm like, all right, bud, we get it. Like, But then he was in there and ends up being on the, on the court with some of the crazier lineups that I've seen Bud put out there. And they ended up getting the lead. And it was, it was, ba- or it was Bobby Serge. AJ Green, George Hill, and Jordan Nora at at one point, and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? But but, um, yeah, really really good team effort all the way around. Giannis Giannis struggled. He just you know they they followed him a ton. They put him to the line a lot, um, but totally got everybody else involved. Um, and Brooke, Brooke has been so I I've been so impressed with Brooke this year from game one with his defense on Joel Embiid to just his overall defense he leaves leads the league in blocks um he, he's an all he's an all-star right like he, in my mind he is i don't think he's he's good he might not i mean he might be in that conversation i don't think he'll get the votes he is absolutely an all-star caliber player this year um but just from what we thought we were gonna you know get from him last year and kind of him still kind of working back and and you know, getting back into shape to what he's become this year. And hopefully he can continue that has been so, so good to watch and see. And you just feel for him because he, he's such a glue piece for this team. He keeps us together. He's fun. People love him in Milwaukee. Some, um, some did want to trade him for Kerry Rozier um, before the season started. People forget. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, oh God, I can't that imagine ain't. what yeah. our defense would look like with us. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like it's, people forget it's not- how big Brooke, physically how big Brooke is. Yes. He is like physically daunting, even bigger than than Giannis in, in you know a different sense. Um but he's just been so impressive. I don't I didn't I, I honestly didn't think we'd see the same shooting that we had seen from Brooke in the past. And my God, he looked so good tonight. I mean the some of the shots he was hitting just weren't even touching the rim. Oh, he was feeling it. And it seems like, you know, and it's probably a sign that Eric's good at his job. And Eric name wrote a big thing on Brooke last week. I haven't read it yet about him kind of fixing his shot. And this was, this yep. is now the second time like Eric's had this because he had the whole thing about offensive rebounds. And then the Bucks were like absolutely just dominant those two next games that after he wrote about it. So I think like, it, it's it's a really encouraging sign. I will say if the Bucks do finish like first in the NBA East heading into the All-Star, you have to have two All-Stars from the Bucks. You can't. And if Drew can't, you know, play as injuries, whatever, Chris obviously we'll see when he's gonna be back. Um, you know, Bucks Twitter kind of unearthed that his father passed, which is terribly sad. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of playing into a little bit of the delay. Um, with him because I think a lot of people expected him. The other part of your commentary about showcase, I do agree it was maybe a showcase. 
I also wonder if this is a tell that a lot of the Bucks main guys are going to be back soon, right? That sure, Pat yeah. was Pat was questionable tonight, didn't play. Yeah, I'd probably out, ex- I would probably expect Pat and Drew back for back for Friday. Um, maybe they wait till they're back home against Portland on on Monday. Yeah. It, but I don't I don't see why you wouldn't play them against the Sixers, right? Like I I think foot should kind of be on the throat um, on Friday night because if you can get two wins, I don't know if they play Philly four times this year. I haven't I haven't checked on that. No, but, but they played Atlanta three times already, which is fucking ridiculous. They they so, so the NBA did that a bunch this year. So like uh, Miami and Toronto you today played their third game. I think uh, I think San Antonio might have had one of those. Like. It's very stupid. I don't. I really don't get it. I understand maybe it's travel thing, and maybe that's part of it. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't really know. But um, yeah. So I just think if you can get a second win against Philly, even if you do play against four, you have basically a built-in tiebreaker. The next two games are house money. They don't matter. So yeah. I. I look at that, and I. I think it's a. It's a big game, especially without Harden given how Brooke Lopez plays against Embiid, and maybe you do start hearing some of that Brooke Lopez all-star hype, you know, with a national televised broadcast and sure. the expectation that Brooke's going to play well because Harden bailed their asses out the first game and you know, mm-hmm. kept it close. There's no James Harden uh, on Friday night for Philly. Yep, yeah. Yeah, and I think with, like, you know, Drew and Chris thing, I think – with how Javon has been playing and some of the yeah. collective guys, you have the luxury of not having to rush those guys back, especially not necessarily Chris, but like Drew, right? I mean, you, you got a guy, you don't have to rush him back after, you know, a bum ankle after a week. Javon's been playing good. He had some nice moments tonight. He's been shooting the ball pretty decently. Marjan, which we'll, we'll talk about here, has been has been playing yeah. better. Oh, yeah. why don't we get we can get right into it? I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Um, he, it's funny the 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 song is called Star Walking. It's by uh, by Lil Nas X. Um, more so just because I think we, you know, in the back of my head, I was thinking, you know, I think we see a very young star, you know, emerging out of Marjan. Um, but then, you know, I kind of thought about the two star tattoos he's got. Oh, on yeah, his, yeah. On his I'm like, yeah, that actually works out. But uh, he had a tough night tonight. It, obviously, that's going to happen, you know, one for eight. Um, but over, you know, over the last, he's been playing 30, 30 plus minutes in his last four games. And it's really kind of showed, you know, the the depth of his game. Um, obviously, he had 20 the other night and had some some really nice moments. Um you know, in the other earlier games against OKC as well was kind of his coming out party. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be really important for Bud to continue to let him get those minutes and let him play in those big spots, even when those guys come back. Um, You don't want to stunt his growth, you know, for you know, lack of a better term, you know, growth in his game. But you got to let him play with Chris. You got to let him play with Drew and Pat. And you you can't say there's going to be a sacrifice of minutes there. Um, hopefully it's the George Hill minutes and maybe some of the, you know, mixture of Javon Carter minutes. Um, Grayson Allen too. Grayson Allen too. Yep, take yep. some minutes um, there. Yeah. Cause, Cause I honestly think like, I don't have a problem when they're all healthy, healthy, keeping Javon in the starting lineup. I really don't, especially when you look at some of the two guard sets that are in the East with Javon and, and, uh, Javon or, uh, DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Yep. Then, you know, Garland and Mitchell, like there are some two guard sets in, in like Maxine Harding when they get healthy in the East um, that you're going to need those guys. And I think having just more, more bench depth will help. Um, I'm I'm glad that they haven't like totally inserted him and like been 
starting him ever, you know, ever since he, you know, got to the Bucks. But um, I think it's important to keep him in that rotation because I think there's, there's a lot that, that we could see in Marjan and we just, you know, hopefully can see him continue to grow in that space. And even with the, uh, with the guys returning here soon. Yeah. I, I love Marjan. I think he's had, yeah, tough night tonight, but I think it's, he's done enough to prove himself. I do wonder too, if like, Giannis continually feed him, feeding him the ball is Giannis's way of kind of telling Bud, like, hey, look, like this guy is a rotation guy for us. This is not just a guy filling in minutes. Like, I want him out here. And who knows? Maybe it'll be a situation where Marjan gets one or two minutes or garbage time. And then and then it's like, you know, comes down from the from the guy. Like, I do think like Giannis has say in like what goes on i mean he does it's not to the point of like a kd or anything like that but i think if the honest wants to put his foot down on something they they listen to him and they don't they don't discredit it so i would i would imagine we're still going to see marjan um it's just a question of will the bucks make any sort of move to you know enhance that back of point guard position i actually right now i just the chemistry everything else like i don't really know if there's a move needed I think you need to see everybody healthy is number yeah. one. And if you can see everybody healthy and it looks good, that's great. And no, no need. Right. And yeah. so, I mean, yeah. we've, we've seen what we wanted to see out of Javon just from. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, no. Like, I think we've got what we want um, in, in a backup point guard in him. And now that he's gotten the moments and he's been able to shine kind of on his own, we know what we got in him. I don't. I don't see us needing to move there. The only thing is the size. Is, you know, with him and Drew, they're not yep. super big guards. Um, but again, there's not really super big guards in the East, anyways. No. Um, so I think we yeah. have. Over there. I think it's. I think we. It's. It's something. It's like the three and D guy off the bench, or you know, kind of the microwave guy, like a yes. Carmelo Anthony. Um, or, or something, <laughs> got know, it. Got to fit it in. Got to fit it in, man. It'll never happen. Yeah, Melo doesn't want. It's just it's more about the location than anything else. Like if we if we were in LA, yeah, maybe I think you could put it. I on mean, the you table. played in Portland for. I mean, Portland's you know not that big of a market. I honestly think it's. Listen, I I I would be fine with Melo. There are certain people who I do podcasts with that would not be fine with Melo, but I personally would be fine with Melo. I just I'm tell, yeah. I just am explaining to you as a maybe the number one Melo supporter um, that why this is not. It, it won't happen. It's probably a location thing. Uh, I think it's but, that he, he's mentioned also. He's he's you know the goal was to kind of get his son and watch his son play, who just got an offer from Syracuse this weekend. Um, so I mean, I, I I think quietly he wants to kind of fade into that and and uh, just kind of watch Key and play. It would it, it's a dream, but it'll it'll never happen. I just. I don't know that he plays another game in the NBA. I'm also fucking old that Carmelo's son's getting offers to Syracuse when I yeah. vividly remember. 2020, as we do. 20, 2025 class. So yeah, he's, that would make him a freshman or something. Like that, so. uh, uh, real quick on the Carter stuff, and then we'll go to the next song. I So Bill Simmons had a tweet, a uh, very smarmy tweet, about how, like, oh, thanks, Bud, for burying Javon Carter. Like, that won us the second round, which it, it probably did. But, like, I, and it's probably a better, like, full podcast episode topic. But I'm almost happy the Bucks lost in the second round. Like, I, I would rather lose to Boston than the Heat. I couldn't I couldn't deal with another. Like, I think I think the Bucs would have ran out of gas at some point. Like, they they ran – they did. I mean, they 
in game seven, they were completely flush. Like there was nothing left. And you're telling me that Giannis could have done that for two more seven game series. There's no way like yeah. at some point, And I'm like, I would rather go down swinging with the guys we had and that, and then, yeah, there is that what if, but I just, I guess low, like really the frustration and I understand some fans, but you got to grow as coaches is like, how did it take Bud this long to guard three-pointers the way they are now? Mm-hmm. And, like, that to me is the one that, yeah, might stick out if the Bucks don't have anywhere from two to four championships when it's all said and done with Giannis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so many possessions tonight. It was just like, man, this this defense looks really good, and they got guys that are bought in. Um, I mean, it, it's hard with that, that Boston series when you lose a wing like Chris like that. Yeah. You know, a, a very solid defender, a guy that can score. Like, come on, Bill. You know, you know, this is, and <laughs> I, I don't want to play that because injuries play a part in every season. But, like, come on, man. You know, this is probably a different series of Chris yeah. plays. And you guys, you know, were hanging on by the skin of your teeth and the Bucks fumbled it away in game six when they should have ended it. And, you know, went games, took everything out of, out of you, us in game seven. And, um, yeah, it's, it is what it is man we we move on and we move on to more in the national space with don't believe the hype by public enemy a classic hip-hop song in honor of the minnesota vikings it honestly could be an honor of the nfc north with justin fields and people thinking he's the face of football next year um but we we could do that for another we could do that for another newly Um, mvp candidate yeah oh Uh, my god (laughs) justin fields just stop but the vikings I when the Vikings are good, I get real pissy. Um, I just can't handle handle the Vikings being good. I I don't know if it's the five years in a player when it was deep in the far years where I dealt with a lot of Vikings fans. They are they're just cocky. They are very sensitive. You know, even there's that Vikings. I, I don't know what position he even plays. Who got mad that Taylor Heineke had all the chains on him? Like he's like, do your own shit. Like fuck off, yeah. dude. Like who cares? Like whatever, like imitation, best form of flattery. And mm-hmm. yeah, Paul Allen getting all this hype for being obnoxious as fuck as the, as the radio broadcaster. Like, yeah. So I said it too. Like, I just, I can't, I can't do it. And like, well, do I hope for a collapse? Yes. Nothing's better. And like, that's the thing It's like, I do know and Vikings fans know in the back of their head, there is that chance for a collapse and it, I mean, they, it, they have another big test now with the Dallas Cowboys. And I do wonder, I feel like that's a great spot for Dallas. Like I, I, and maybe, and I'm probably sounding like a homer, but it's like, they just had a very emotional win on the road. I know it's very tough to play there, but I, I do think there's a reason why Dallas is favored on the road that in that game. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I realized Justin Jefferson was awesome in that football game. And but the Bills have had a shaky secondary and it kind of finally got exposed. And if it's not for a Dalvin Cook 84 or 83 yard run, they don't win that game. Like, right. that's the right. that's the thing that flipped that one on its head. I think I commend the Vikings for kind of being a never say say die team, but yeah, I am I've just about had it with vikings conversations for the last couple it's like the, the, re, the resurgence of like patrick peterson like no this guy has been getting torched for a long time in his career and he's just got guys that are throwing like josh allen is just making terrible throws and throwing the ball 
directly to these guys. I, I thought Josh Allen gave that game away to them. Oh, um, right. I thought that the I can't think of the safety that that missed. The safety held the ball in place for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, you either have to hit it away or make sure you're pulling away because you literally held the ball. There was no way he was making that catch if your arms weren't there. And and an incredible catch at the end of the day. But I'm like, dude, you guys just get, literally gift wrap that ball to him. I, I couldn't believe it when it happened. I'm like, there's no way he caught that. And As the great really Chris Berman would say, just knock it down. Just knock it down. Just some really bad plays, but um, I I don't know. I don't. Uh, Justin Jefferson is the only person on that team that like really scares me. And I think if the Packers get smart, um, you know when we play them again, and if team like teams get smart, you know you figure out a way around. I would love to see Jair match up against him. I don't know if it's ever going to happen because it's just not what what Barry Joe Barry does. Um, but you know obviously he completely destroyed us in the first game and. We still haven't really figured out the crossing routes on no. defense. CD Lamb, CD Lamb went exactly. to town. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I'm not like Vikings are not a team that I'm worried about. Um, you know, come postseason, if we do end up, you know, matching up with them, um, I think they're just riding a train. They've had some some good success and some things go their way. Um, but yeah, they are they are not you know in my mind the cream of the crop in in the NFC. So. I'm not yeah. uh, I'm not on the hype train. Yeah, I would I would agree in total agreement there. And yeah, we we don't need any more any more hype around the Vikings. Man, I have another song. Um you have the next two after this, so it's yeah. and they're good topics. But stay fly from three six mafia. I probably should have picked this a team from like or a song from legit Tennessee. But what I wanted to know was like what is your team you're kind of cheering for in the college football playoff? Yeah. Obviously, the Badgers out of it. They've been out of it forever. Um, I like Syracuse was in the uh, conversation for a hot minute and then went uh, back to back to back losses and they've fallen out of the conversation. 38 to three. I mean, Florida yeah. State's good, but I, I, I traded it played the week team, before right? and Notre Dame. Yeah, they, I think I might have even texted it when they played, uh, when they, uh, yeah, State, they started playing and then they lost. They lost. They had a very, very good chance to beat Clemson and they pissed it away. Um, but I think I mentioned like they were like six and oh, and I'm like, yeah, they'll be seven and five by the end of December. And that's exactly what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I digress. Um, no, I do. I do really like Malik Cooker in, in Tennessee. Um, I hate to admit it, but man, it's fun to watch Ohio State play. Um I, the weapons on that team, like you can, I mean, we can envision them being a pack, Packers all day, but I just, at the end of the day, that'll never happen. Um, <laughs> Georgia's just rinse and repeat. The guys on that defense are just, you know, incredible athletes. Jalen and, Carter, Jalen Carter might be better than any guy that was drafted in that Georgia team. And yep. I think they had like five first rounders last year. Like I can, I, you know, just, you know, being a defensive guy myself, I always just respected the the team defense and and they're always really really fun to watch on defense. Ohio State, vice versa, um, on the offensive end. Um, but if I am if I am rooting for a team, I, I think it's the Tennessee story I really like and kind of their resurgence into college college football and the story and um, you know the upset and the carrying out of the um, the goalposts. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago that was really fun, but. Um, yeah, I, I I mean TCU is that's just 
I can't, you know, it's hard to. It's to it's that. such a weird, like every week, every you're just. I can't tell you how many times I've I've you know wagered against TCU, thinking, okay, this is the week, this is the week. Mm-hmm. It's not the week, like, and then all of a sudden they figured out their defense, and they were really good against Quinures, which it was so interesting because I felt like Texas had such an advantage with Gary Patterson as sort of their pseudo, not defensive coordinator, but defensive coordinator. Quinn Johnson's mm-hmm. a monster. Like Quinn Johnson, I is a Packer receiver. Like if you look at like his makeup, he yeah. is what the Packers would draft at a receiver. Um, and yeah, might be honestly a Green Bay Packer next year. Um, he's a very talented player, and Max Duggan's good, but he's a guy that was passed over. Like it's it's kind it's an ultimate underdog story. Underdog stories really don't happen in college football. And usually when they do, it's like, oh, it's great. And then they get whomped in the in the playoff and it's not that fun. I think yeah. from a fun perspective, it would be to have USC in there. I That defense stinks, but Caleb yeah. Williams is Williams. like a hybrid of Josh Allen and <laughs> Josh Allen and a couple yeah. others. Like he's, he's such a good football player, obvious number one pick uh, in two years. And, but again, it's Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley can't play defense. And we've seen this before in the in the playoffs so it it's gonna be a fun sprint like i was kind of thinking i was like man we kind of know who it's gonna be um now granted college football college football and, and things can't turn down its head but it's it seems like it'll be really it will be really hard for us not to have uh georgia ohio state ohio state or michigan um, and then your ten, and one then, of those guys has to fall out, right? Well, that's so that's the that's gonna be the interesting thing, right? Like, I mean, if, if Tennessee's only loss is is to Georgia and one of those teams, I mean, but so yeah. it'll be it'll be really interesting. And like, this is where like people who are just anti SEC or pro SEC make their money. Like, this is where Danny Canal, who I, I really enjoy, or Joe Clatt, like shine because they hate the SEC. And this will be like a whole thing because if like, let's say Ohio state, Michigan's 31, 28, like, let's just, let's put it out. And that's next week. And if it, if it's that, then you could make a case that whoever's on losing end of a 31, 28 game played that opponent better than Tennessee, but Tennessee is going to get an extra game because they're going to play in the, they're going to play in the uh, SEC champion or the champion. Oh, that's Georgia. Excuse me. They won't get an extra game. Georgia's going to play in there. So Georgia will play against LSU, so we won't we won't have an extra Tennessee game. I screwed that up, but you're so you'll basically have it. It's right there for you to decide, and it'll basically be: do you like Michigan better or do you like Tennessee better? And it might come down as crazy as it is to Michigan playing a cupcake ass non conference schedule, which would be yeah. wild. But and Tennessee played Pittsburgh, which I mean Pittsburgh's not much, but they're at least a Power Five team, and then you know which. I could see that being the difference, which would be crazy. I mean, yeah, that was the if that was the one thing that decided it all. Yeah, I think college football wants nothing less than to have TCU in that final four. Somehow. Oh, they will try to fuck TCU over. I I don't know. They they, they do go so crazy enough. They go to Baylor. Baylor, although see, this is where they'll get you. Okay, this is this gambling one on one. This is where they'll get you because Baylor's terrible. Like Baylor's not a good football. All right, like nothing about Baylor this year has been good. They got ran over by Kansas State last week. And guess what's going to fucking happen? Baylor's going to win this game because that's <laughs> what it is, right? And finally, you're going to be like, all right, we're on TCU this week. And Baylor's going to win. I'm telling yeah. you. Exactly what's going to happen. 
All right. Sorry. We went longer than I thought we had on that. Let's kick. I'll kick it back to you for the next couple. Yeah. Um, Griffin, my, probably my favorite producer of the last, you know, five years, I'd say. Um, best is yet to come. This is actually a two-parter. Um, so best is yet to come. And then a song called Bad Memories by Medusa. So I think you were talking about it. Um, you know, incredible game that, that you guys got to see. I was curious to hear your answer um, to both the best game, any sport that you had seen in person, and then kind of your worst game, either your worst memory, again, kind of play on the best, play on the worst um, yeah. game that you had seen in person. So I'll let you go first. I have two in, two in mind. Um, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted to hear yours and, oh, and tell me a little story about it. Yeah. I'll try to be quick. Uh, best game for me. It's a really, that's a really hard question. Like I kept racking my brain about like, it's like, okay, all the Packer games have been to all of the, all the Bucks games, all mm -hmm. of the, all, I, you know, I had a, I, I, it's, it's hard. I don't have like one that to me, like the best memory I have, like the best game or the best experience was not a game I was at it was like game seven, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. It was a Saturday night. I had all my friends with me. I was like, that was as good as it, it'll probably ever get. Honestly, yeah. like, and I wasn't at the stadium. I, I was there for Dane breaking the record. That comes to mind. Um, I remember a, a, like my second Packer game. I'll, I'll go with that one. That was my first. That's my gut answer. It was it was a good game because Packers came back, beat the Vikings. I was young. It was a night game before like night games really mattered. It was cold, but like I went up to Lambeau. I thought like it was a school night, and I'm going up with my dad and this drunk Vikings fans chirping me all night that the Packers are going to lose at Lambeau Field, and Sam Congato breaks a run for a touchdown. <laughs> like, Sam Congato had over 100 yards in that game. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think maybe it's the best because of, like, a memory. Worst game, worst from, like, an impact was seeing the Cardinals clinch the World Series at Miller Park and the last game of Prince Fielder. That's going to always hurt. Worst from just an experience perspective was – I went to a Packers-Browns game where the Packers killed the Browns, but it was raining the entire football game. Jermichael Finley also hurts himself in that game, never plays again. Um, and I loved J. Mike at the time. Now I don't really like J. Mike too much, but at the time I loved J. Mike. And so one of my favorite players, never got to see him again. I got to see his last game, but – and also Prince too. I mean, both last games, but yeah, those are my – those are my uh, my ones. I cheated. I cheated cheat a little bit. Wasn't worse than last year's uh... – San Francisco game? Yeah, I think the San Francisco game, man, is going to just depend. That one's really bad. Um, I was there for that. It, I, you're right. I, that, I think with that one, I just don't know what's next, right? Like, if the Packers never get close with Rodgers again and never win a Super Bowl, that one will make its way up. Um, you know, the Seattle loss at the time, weirdly, I was not – that broke like it was it just happened so quick it was like what the fuck just happened like okay. I, I it it was so stunning that it was really hard to wrap your heads around now I look back on it and it, it's like this changed everything and so I do think that game there's a lot of coolness about that that was my first Packer playoff game it was snowing it was zero degrees um Murph seats are fucking incredible so like everything else besides the game was awesome it just yeah. was the it was the outcome that wasn't. Sure. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I know you had mentioned it before and I was, I knew it was kind of one of your top games was against Dallas and brought me back to yeah. 2017. Um, when my wife and I went down with our friend, um, JB and Brittany to Dallas for the Dallas green Bay yeah. game in 2017, that was the Jared cook, um, like tiptoe, touch uh catch uh, on the sideline when everybody thought the game was was you know out of hand and and they weren't going to come back because they had they had so little time i don't even think they had any timeouts um and rogers just throws an absolute beauty along the sideline and jared cook makes an incredible catch mason crosby ends up um you know kicking the field goal and winning it, it was that was by far the best game not only because of the game the, the experience also at&t stadium just an incredible stadium beers were like $19 or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, but really cool experience. Um, we got to go on the field the day before we did a tour and stuff. So that was just a, all in all a great weekend um, that we had to do there. Um, my worst memory. Now this is not necessarily a bad, um, a bad game, but just a bad beat. And I think I may have mentioned this to you before um, was the, uh, oh, man, I couldn't even remember the year. It was Monday night Packers ah, yeah. Vikings. Um, and it's the Antonio Freeman shoulder catch. So there was, there was very little time left. I, I can't remember exactly what happened. The, to, it was an over, it was an overtime, it was overtime but they, the, Vikings were driving and they were about to kick a field goal. And I think they fumbled the snap or something along those lines. And they tried to run, they tried to, you know, gather and run it in and the Packers stopped them. So they didn't score. And we, we were leaving. My mom and I went to this game. She took me out of school. We left early, went to the game and uh, they were just like lining up to kick the field goal. And I think we started packing up, just heading, heading back, obviously, you know, I, right. you know the next day. And it was, a, it was a Monday night. Um, and so we were leaving and we just hear like cheers and screams. Um, and then, we, you know, we figure out, again, I, I think it was a missed, either a missed field goal or they like bobbled the snap. Right. And then, yeah, later, I don't know if it was that the following drive or just in the overtime is like the infamous Antonio Freeman, like balance the ball on the shoulder and he turns it and, and scores. Um, yeah. I probably won't, you know, won't ever forget missing that, but that was just a bad, bad beat. Oh, bad timing. And, that's, and that's why I learned my lessons. You just can't, you can't leave early. Yeah. So I haven't, I actually pulled it up for you. Uh, but so actually the, it yeah, it must've been, it was a Bosch thing because yeah, Mitch Berger, who was the, I think he was the punter. He tried to throw a pass and it got, got yeah. Yeah, yep, it got intercepted. Mitch's middle name actually is Shannon. Um, funny enough, I just pulled that up. Uh, intercepted by Tyron Williams, uh, Packers for life there on the Packer five yard line. Yep. And oh, man, that's yeah, that yeah. one. I I think because of that, you know, we've been friends for that long. I think really because of that, that was like I mean, I'll never leave early. Like I <laughs> I try really hard not to leave early. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a Cubs uh, Brewers game in like the early, the nineties. This was a year before. It was when Sosa, you know, had broken the home run record. Obviously, he didn't he didn't have the record, but he he had hit sixty six. He actually had two in that game. And the Cubs were up by like it was like fourteen to seven or something crazy. And the Brewers came back. 
They uh, wanted Brant Brown. I still remember left fielder lost the lost the ball in the shadows. The Brewers ended up winning that game, and that was one of those. Yeah, you just don't leave. You never know, and just never know what will happen. It has to be has to be really out of reach before I'm like, yeah, we gotta go. Um, right. You know, so yeah, never never leave. That's a it's a great lesson. All right, you have another song, and then we'll we have one more movement. We'll get out, but yeah, what's uh, what you got for us next? Yeah, yeah, the next one, just because, you know, we were on the, the Taylor Swift topic, uh, Spend It by uh, 2 Chains, Little Baby, Juicy J. Obviously, she has her, her anti-hero tour coming, um, and just the amount of people that are, like, struggling to either get in line for tickets or are just looking to pay abnormal amounts of money. I saw, like, $10,000, $11,000 tickets, um, and just, like, and again, that that depends on the market, but just I know Chicago's got um um Minneapolis got the tour coming to Minneapolis, and, and so it just got me thinking. And I actually don't know if I have I, I have a couple in mind, but just brought me into the conversation of how much would I? Let's just say it's a pair of tickets. How much would you pay? What would be the most you would pay for a pair of tickets to a concert or a show? And who would that concert or show be for? Okay. So I, I thought about this because I've actually been fortunate enough to see a lot of my favorites. Like I saw Kanye, saw Bruce Springsteen. I saw Outkast for free. That was, that's all, that's an all-time boondoggle. Um, and my answer would be if Kanye and Jay-Z ever got back together and it was like Wash the Throne and it was, they were playing Wash the Throne stuff. They would have a little bit of Kanye, a little bit of Jay-Z. I probably would drop 400 for that. Okay. Uh, for two tickets, I would probably, I, I think I could make that. I could make the case in my head. Like I only saw Kanye once. I, I wanted to go to Wash the Throne tour. Got the, the show got canceled in Minneapolis like a buddy of mine, we talked about it at length, like that we were going to go see that show. Never did. Um, and which was an incredible show. Um, you know, their Paris song, I think they would play it like back to back. That was the whole thing. They I like in Chicago, I think they play it like 12 times. Um, and, it, and so like if ever Kanye got his shit together and it, he righted the ship and he still could rap and him and Jay-Z, 100%. I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would drop good amount of money to see that yeah yeah i you know our good buddy josh and i went to um kanye at Summerfest when he was at the amphitheater still to this day best best show i've yeah, ever seen incredible um and and yeah it's unfortunate to the direction it's gone now but i could totally see uh, that would be that would be a, and mine is is similar um i have i actually have three um all in different variances. That's uh, fine. No, it's, it's um, fine. Phil Collins uh, would be one I would really want to see um, if I could take my dad to that, which we got really close to doing last year because he came to Chicago with Genesis. Um, but I think just the timing wise, it didn't work work out. And I think it was, I think ended up one of them getting canceled, if not both, because I know he got sick. Um, that would be really fun. That would probably be on like the 300 ish range. Um, Swedish house mafia. Um, they, they kind of did their last show in 2013 and that was at ultra in Miami and they have slowly started to come back. Um, and I would love to see them. Um, they were kind of 
you know, peak EDM when I was getting into it and obviously starting to DJ, um, they'd probably be in that 300, 400 range as well. Um, I think I'd probably be in like the five, 600 range for a pair for any combination of, uh, or a combination show with Drake and Lil Wayne. Um, I think it's like a combination of those two. I've never seen Drake. Um, I've never seen Lil Wayne and, um, I don't think Drake's come to Milwaukee. Sorry to interrupt, but I don't think Drake's come to Milwaukee. I don't think Drake has once come to Milwaukee. I don't think so either. I wonder if he's, uh. If, if if the Toronto series, but not not that he would not come here, but you know it's not like I mean they won the the yeah uh, the championship that year, but we just get um, skipped we just get skipped over for some reason that there is like a like I also I understand she's and I I was actually surprised because they they it, they've pulled it off like how Taylor wouldn't want to play Lambo is is kind of a, a weird one right like why if you're doing these stadium tours. Like, why not play Lambeau Field, right? Like, that yeah, would be... I, I was wondering why, because I when she came out, I was wondering, like, why wouldn't she do the Pfizer? Or, you know, why wouldn't some had working out? And I, I don't know if it's because of the proximity to Chicago. A lot of times I know that has a lot to do with Probably. it. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's Chicago. Chicago, it's usually how it goes. They go Chicago, and Minneapolis, and they ignore. And there are weird us. radius clauses um, that they yeah. want to allow, um, you know, within a certain amount of of miles or whatever. But um, Pfizer does have some some cool shows that they've they've booked. I know the weekend and Post Malone was just here. Um, I thought they've they've done a pretty good job with some of the shows. Yeah. Just announced, just announced Lizzo there. I saw Lizzo before she was popular. So I saw yeah, Lizzo and Lotto. That'd be a fun show. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Uh, I have a, also a, a bit, well, well, I'll, I'll tell you quick. My wife hates Phil Collins. Really? Yeah. You yeah. give her, you and her need to talk about that one. Why is that? I, I can't remember why she doesn't like. I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll follow up with you with you on that. Uh, but okay. Last song. What's your fantasy? Ludicrous. You and I are playing fantasy. You're having a rough fantasy year. Okay. Like it's not been. This good. is the the absolute worst fantasy year I've ever had. But like. I, like it has to suck, man. Like I've had bad fantasy years for sure. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> it's like it's it. kind of hard to go winless, which is the path that I'm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like if you know if you do get we in our league that we're in together, we're winless. We're playing each other this week. That's why I'm talking about it. I'm good. I have a good team, which is great. Like this, it's exciting. And like there are certain leagues where you get very excited when you have a good team. This is one of those leagues. Um, I have another league that I'm having a good year in. I'm very excited. I'm in that. Cause there's a lot of shit talking. There's a lot of talking about it. Like it's, it, if it's a topic of conversation, it feels good. I have another, like I've had a good, I have had a good fantasy year, but I, I really do think if you go winless and I win, like the party for the draft might just have to be this absolute rager. And we, you and I just throw it. And it, we both do it, and it's just like this, you know, it's all out. It's, you know, it's 10 yeah, axes, as the, the, as the cup, people would say. The cup and the egg at the same the time. The cup and the egg, yeah. The cup and the egg bash, uh, egg cup, whatever we want to call it. But, yeah, no, man. It, we'll see. I, I'm not counting my chickens. I do. So I was – and I didn't really plan going into it. No one cares about people's teams, but I stacked Miami's offense. That was the first time I've really, like, stacked an offense in fantasy, and it – you know, if you get it right, it works, and it, and it has worked with Tua, Jalen Waddle, or not Tua, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Moser. Um, and then, yeah, I had Justin Fields just hanging out on my bench. I 
I, I got a lot of shit for keeping Justin Fields uh, in the fourth round. But that, that's, yeah. And you're holding I, on to that. I know you're holding on to that. But she's, they've unlocked something with him. And, oh, yeah, I know. I like, for a fantasy quarterback, yeah. I mean, he, he's not winning games, but for a fantasy quarterback, he's incredible. And he might be the fantasy MVP when it's all said and done. But Oh, yeah. He's definitely going to win some leagues for people. And I, I look at it and it's like, I'm not starting Joe Burrow this week. I like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is like third, I think, in fantasy points in our league right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm not starting because, A, Pittsburgh's defense is getting healthy. Like, you have T.J. Watt and you have Mika Fitzpatrick playing. Like, he struggled that first game. Like, there are going to be spots where, like, their schedule, if you look at the Bears' schedule, actually, it's kind of hard. Like, there are going to be times where I'm like, all right, I can't, I can't start him. But, yeah, it's, it's all systems go kind of kind of going forward. I can't. I can't like ignore it any longer. Um, yeah. It waste it waste points on my bench. So yeah, and, uh, best- oh god. No, I was just gonna say, just so so I can defend myself a little bit. I got I get bit with the injury bug early. Um, I, I won't go into detail on my roster, but just had some really bad injuries with some of my early picks, and then made a, a trade that was probably not great. And you know, I, I you know it actually might turn out to be in you know hindsight not that bad of a trade, but it was a bad trade at the time. But um, I I think I, I listen to a ton of fantasy podcasts, like a ton of them. And I do, especially in like the off season, um, you know, prior to my new job um, when I was, you know, working in, in um, like home renovations, you know, it was just easy to toss on every right. podcast every day. And it was like CBS has one fantasy footballers is the next one. And then it's, um, you know, this one and it's that one and there's like a million and then you got the ESPN one and then now Matt, Matt Barry's got his own one. Um, yeah, I quickly, I quickly stopped listening to those ones. I went, you know, winless for the first couple of weeks and I'm like, this is not, none of this helped. You know, I <laughs> ended up drafting guys and I think you just get in your own head sometimes when you listen to, to so many differing opinions, especially on podcasts. It's like, Nobody knows what the fuck's gonna happen. Like, no, no, you know, like nobody expected. Nobody could have guessed like Saquon Barkley was going to be extremely healthy this year, and that Jonathan Taylor was not gonna be good. And right. so there, there's so much fluctuation. You have to, you know, kind of you have to get lucky in places, and you gotta hope that some of your your hits hit, and 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 like some of your more significant risks don't you know come back to bite you, but. I, yeah, I'm I mean, in I'm in six leagues, six football leagues, and this is this isn't is the only time I've ever gone winless so far. And yeah, it's been it's just been one of those years. And of course, it's the one with like all of our high school buddies. So the the trash talk is never ending, and I'll never hear the end of it. Uh, listen, uh, I I'm telling you, I, I don't like I'm not I don't feel great about this week. We'll see what happens. Um, it should be interesting. I I'll also add like you know. No one's first round pick really was that good in, in a weird way. Christian McCaffrey is the only one that's kind of came out ahead, which is mm-hmm. wild to think about. Stayed healthy so far. Yeah. Uh, but Taylor, not Very great. Good. Cooper Cup now is out for four weeks. And, you know, so that's Paul four Diggs weeks. Was he first round? Kelsey Ooh. was Stephon Diggs. Yeah, he was at the late round, so he was okay. Devontae Adams didn't do shit. I don't know where some drafts might have had Devontae in the first round. Um, you Healthy have, yeah, healthy. you, uh, Justin Jefferson's had moments, but it's been very up and down. Austin Eckler, again, there's yeah, been a couple yeah. games. So it's like, 
I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, no one fucking knows. Tyreek Hill was drafted in our league, I think, at the late, either late second or early third. Yeah. No, he, it's he, like number one in points, I believe, correct? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so we'll see, man. Well, it'll be fun. This does another yeah. edition of Keg Jams. We'll be back um, sooner rather than later um, when we have another week of shows. Make sure you're seeing Shannon out at the brewery tonight. Uh, for Packers Titans, if you need a place to go watch the game, sounds like a good new venue. I gotta go check it out sometime soon. Maybe Saturday, maybe Saturday. We'll see. Um, and then on Friday, he's at my white and blue, and then on Saturday, uh, the brewery, and then Wednesday, brothers. Maybe I didn't think about this. Bucks do play the Bulls on on Wednesday, so maybe there will be you'll get a little bit of that post Bucks crowd. That that should be a very drunk Bucks crowd too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's always. I mean, it's definitely always good to have uh, a game going on, especially if it's a you know local, you know, somewhat local team. Um, but yeah, it is. It always just helps add to the crowd. Um, you know, one will be a, a drunk one, anyways. So for sure. All right, take care, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Packers Titans reaction. We'll do. Uh, should I bet my team? for the Badgers in Nebraska, and who knows what else. Hijinks will be a fit. Anything else for people, uh, Shay, before we, we we sign off? No, man. Um, happy holidays. Everybody be safe out there. Yeah, don't burn a turkey. Drink responsibly, and, uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Yep, for sure. See you. Bye. Later.